As I think about the Christmas story, there's a lot of fear and a lot of people who are afraid in the Christmas story. But God was with them and he's with us. As I think about the Christmas story and even thinking about us, we have many fears in life. Many people fear snakes and spiders. Uh, Many people fear speaking in public. And if you take a public speaking class, they will say you always need to make sure you know your audience as much as possible. And so today as we worship together, I know this audience quite well because I could literally put you into one of three categories in this service. As I think about those, there are those in this room who are currently in a storm. And the storm could be physical, it could be relational, financial, vocational, mental, even spiritual. But there are people in this room, you're currently in a storm. There's a second group of people, you have just come through a storm. And thankfully the storm has ended and it's calm in your life, in your relationships at this point. Then there's a third group, you're headed into a storm, but the truth of the matter is probably you don't even know it. Because most storms in life come without any warning, any notice. And then all of a sudden one day you find yourself in a violent storm trying to survive. All of us in this room are one of those three categories. You need to know your audience. There was a Native American tribe in South Dakota came to their chief one day and they said to him, do you think it's going to be cold this winter? And the chief did not want to give the impression that he could not forecast the weather, so he sneaked away and he called the National Weather Service and said, do you think it's going to be cold this winter? And they said, we believe it is going to be cold this winter. So he goes back to the tribe and he says, make sure you collect lots of firewood. It's going to be cold this winter. So a few weeks passed and he called the National Weather Service a second time and said, I talked to you before. Do you think it's still going to be cold this winter? And they said, we, we're even more confident now than before. It is going to be cold this winter. So he goes back to the tribe and says, collect more firewood. It's going to be colder than we first thought. So they're collecting more firewood. A few weeks passed. He called the National Weather Service the third time. And he said, now, this is my last time calling, but do you all still believe it's going to be cold this winter? And they said, well, truth of the matter, it's going to be the coldest winter on record. And so the chief said, how in the world do you know that? And so the person at the National Weather Service said, we've been watching the Native American tribe in South Dakota, and they're collecting firewood like crazy. Know your audience. Know what you're talking about. Well, in this message, I pray that I'm going to be biblical and understandable and going to be doable. And when I think about storms, a fearful crew, I think back on years of ministry, the people I've walked through, and then I think about my own life and and know I've, I've lost my dad in a tragic accident. But I think about the people I've walked with through storms in life. I've walked with people after hurricanes Katrina and Michael. Devastated those areas. I've walked with people after serious tornadoes. I've walked with people in the death of loved ones. And I've walked with people in the loss of jobs. And I've walked with people at the end of their ministries. And I'm going to give you a statement on your teaching outline. You may want to write this down because whether it's at the end of 2021 or in 2022, you want to know this. And here's the statement. No one escapes storms in life. Comes to us all. Doesn't make any difference how much money you have. Doesn't make what you drive, where you live. No one escapes storms in life. 
And so as I think about this message, a fearful crew, I want to invite you to look at your outline because I want to walk through some things about the storms of life. We talk about the missing piece. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the missing piece, even in the midst of our storms. Number one, storms cause us to realize Jesus is nearby. How many of you have heard a storm siren go off? Over the last few weeks in our city, we know we've had some storms in our area and violent storms around us, but we've heard storm sirens. I remember waking up in the middle of the night just a few weeks ago, hearing the storm sirens going off. And what are they designed to do? Storm sirens are designed to get our attention, to realize that danger is near. We need to be alert to what's going on. So we hear those sirens. We know what is taking place. Well, I want to ask you, are you aware of what's going on around you? And many would say, absolutely, I'm aware that I'm getting older in life. I've got aches and pains I never thought I would have. I'm aware of that. You may be aware, again, that you're growing in your relationship to Christ. You may be aware that we live in evil days. You just look at the news and you see the evil around us. And you may be aware that you see God at work. You look at your life and God's at work in your life. God's at work in your marriage and family. God's at work in the fellowship of our church. Or you just look across our city or around the world and you say, there is no doubt. God is at work. You're aware of that. And then let me ask you, when you look at your life, can you tell that you're growing in your relationship to Christ? And if so, how do you know that? Well, you may say, well, I'm spending more time in God's word. I'm praying more than I ever have. I'm fellowshipping and engaged with God's people called the church. I'm serving Christ in some ways. But one of the indicators of us, our spiritual growth in the Christian life, is that we are aware of the presence of Jesus. And so are you aware of that in your life? Storm sirens make us aware that danger is near. But are you aware that Jesus is nearby you in life? Mark chapter 4. They're at the Sea of Galilee, a beautiful place, one of my favorite places on the planet. Jesus is going to get in a boat with his disciples. He's going to tell them that we're going to go to the other side. He makes a tremendous promise to them. They're not going to get out there in the middle of the sea and perish. He says, we're going to the other side. It's literally what he told them, so he made a promise to them. They get in the boat, they start sailing across the Sea of Galilee, and then all of a sudden a violent storm comes up, and they find themselves in the midst of a storm. Now, as you think about the Sea of Galilee, if you look at a map and you see that, you're looking at the Sea of Galilee. It is 13 miles long, 7 miles wide. It is 690 miles below sea level. And if you're standing looking at the Sea of Galilee from the south, you'll realize that Mount Hermon is to the east and the great sea, the Mediterranean, is to the west. And weather patterns in that part of the world that a violent storm oftentimes happens without any warning whatsoever. The weather just comes together in such a perfect way that a storm comes up on that area of the Sea of Galilee. Waves are are large and breaking into the boat. And Jesus and the disciples are in this violent storm. Please understand this truth. Jesus can be in your boat and you can still face a violent storm in life. And so just because Jesus is in a boat doesn't mean you're not going to have storms in life. All of us are going to go through storms. But here's what the disciples realized. Even though we're in this windstorm, a violent storm, Jesus is nearby. So if you're in a storm tonight in your life, a physical storm, a relational storm, financial, vocational, mental, even spiritual, do you realize Jesus is nearby in your life? He is the Prince of Peace. 
Look at number two, storms lead us to ask Jesus for help. I'm going to date myself here for a moment, but I grew up on Tuesday night watching Happy Days. Can I get a witness from anybody here about that? Yeah, some of you don't even know. Just Google it, YouTube it. You'll be able to find it. One of the coolest guys on the planet on Tuesday nights was the Fonz. White T-shirt, black leather coat. He was a cool guy. But here was the thing about the Fonz, though. He could never put certain words together. Uh, the Fonz could never say he was wrong or he could never say he was sorry. But, but, but I understand this. If you and I are going to get the most out of life, and if we're going to experience personal freedom but also relational intimacy, we need to be able to put certain words together in life. For example, it's wise over this season of life to say to somebody, I love you. Those words changes people's lives. Three simple words, I love you. Here's some more. Maybe you would say, I was wrong. Or I am sorry. But men, here's three words that we need to have the courage and the transparency to be able to say. Not easy for us to say. Just like it's not easy for us to ask for directions. But here's three words not easy for us to say. And here they are. I need help. Powerful words. Understand the context again. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. A violent storm comes up without warning. And here they are, uh, water's filling the boat. They think they're going to die. What is Jesus doing? He's asleep on a cushion. He is sound asleep. And here the disciples thought they were going to perish. They were going to lose their lives. And what did this storm lead them to do? It led them to ask Jesus for help in life. That's a wise response to a storm. So today, let me ask you, when's the last time in your life your marriage, even your family, that you were in a situation that you had to cry out and you asked the Lord Jesus Christ for help in your life. Physically, God, I don't know what to do. I need your help. Relationally, I don't see how this can be reconciled. I need your help. Financially, I don't even know how we're going to get through the end of the month. Lord, we need your help. Mentally, I don't know why I'm struggling with anxiety and depression, but Lord, I need your help. Spiritually, I don't know why it's dry as a desert in my life. God, why don't you come through for me? Why aren't you speaking into my life? Lord, I need your help. When's the last time you asked the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus, to help you in life? The disciples on the Sea of Galilee, they knew Jesus was nearby. He was in the boat. They also knew this, that they could call on him for help, and they cried out to him, Lord, save us in many ways. Number three, storms allow us to see Jesus at work. One of the things I remember years and years ago, Angie and I were in Hawaii. We were on the north shore of Kauai, beautiful place on the planet. And as we were out there that afternoon, there were waves coming in. There was a swell that came in from Alaska. I don't understand how all that works, but it did. There was a swell that came in from Alaska, and waves were 30 to 40 feet high. And we're just sitting out there on the beach for hours watching the waves crash but listening to the roar of those waves. It was breathtaking. I mean, again, we didn't worship the waves or worship the creation. We worshiped the Creator, Almighty God, for doing that and giving us an opportunity to see that. It was an amazing sight for us to see. Well, if I ask you today, what do you long to see in your life? What would you say? I wouldn't be surprised if you said, well, I want to see my 401k go north in 2022. That'd be a good thing for us all. 
You may say, you know, I'd like to see nature while I'm on a relaxing vacation somewhere. That'd be great. And then many of us would say, we want to see family members be in the same room, loving one another, laughing, having fun, enjoying one another. We just want to see our family together. That is a great sight to see. Well, I'm going to ask you this question too. When's the last time you've been able to see the Lord Jesus at work in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in this church? When's the last time you've been able to see him at work? On the Sea of Galilee, they knew Jesus was nearby because he was in the boat. They had already cried out to him for help because the waves were crashing in. They thought they were going to perish. They were going to die. And then Jesus gets up from his sleep. And what does he do? He looked at the wind and the waves and he speaks to them. And he says three words, peace be still. And can you imagine that scene on the Sea of Galilee? Crisis, chaos, all of a sudden because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, said three words, peace be still. There was calmness on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples had a front row seat to see Jesus at work. He's inviting us to take a front row seat to see him at work, changing the lives of people and even our own. So when you think about storms, storms help us realize Jesus is nearby. Storms lead us to cry out and ask Jesus for help. But storms also give us an opportunity that we can see Jesus at work in life. Happens with the disciples, happens with you and me. Now I want to give you these words, how should you and I respond to storms? And because these are going to be important for you as we end 2021, but I promise you they're going to be helpful for you as you go into 2022. Because again, there are people right here in this room in a storm just came through a storm or you're going to head into a storm in 2022 and you don't even know what's on the horizon but how should you and i respond to storms and we're going to see this straight from god's word here in mark chapter 4 number one is obey how do you respond to storms you obey whatever jesus asks you to do do it he asked the disciples to get in a boat and go to the other side and what were they doing the storm came not because they disobeyed jesus the storm came because they obeyed him He's in the boat with them, so they're obeying Christ. They face this storm. And I ask you today, what is Jesus asking you to do in your life? Is he leading you to give your life to him, to trust him as Savior for the first time in your life? Is he leading you to be bold in your faith and be baptized as a believer in Christ? Is he leading you to join the fellowship of this church because we need God's people in our lives? Is he leading you to take your spiritual walk with him to another level in the new year? Is he leading you to step out on faith, causing you to obey him? You would have more questions than you have answers, but you just know he's wanting you to take a step of obedience. How's he leading you to obey him? In Genesis 12, God called Abraham to leave everything and go to a place that he would show him. And Abraham obeyed and did what God asked. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, one of my favorites says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He didn't have a clue. He just was obeying God in life. 
So how do you respond to storms? You obey God. Do what God asks you to do. Number two is the word pray. You pray. In the midst of the storm, the storm is raging. The disciples thought they were going to die. Jesus is asleep on the cushion. Notice this. He must have been a sound sleeper in life. You want to know something about the life of the Lord Jesus? Well, he could sleep anywhere just about. Because here's a storm. The disciples thought they were going to die. Jesus sleeping like a baby. But here's an important principle here. Notice what woke Jesus up. It wasn't the sound of the wind and the waves. It was the sound of the voices of his disciples. That's what woke him up. And so I just encourage you, when you find yourselves in a storm and it's raging, you're not sure if you're going to survive, lift your voice to Jesus Christ. He hears the sound of your voice. He wants you to have a conversation with him. Don't go and find all these other things and try to make it work and then seek him as the last resort. Seek him first. Seek the kingdom of God first in your life. Lift up your voice to him and let him hear your voice. He'll respond to you. So what do you do? You obey. You pray. Number three, you resist. As you look at the storm, Jesus got up and what did he do? He rebuked the wind and the waves. There are going to be times you're going to face a physical, spiritual, relational storm, and you're going to have to rebuke that. Why? The enemy is trying to defeat you. And in the blood of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you just need to resist that and rebuke that and ask the Lord to calm you or calm the storm. Why? Because there's power in the name of Christ. There is power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be willing to resist what the enemy is trying to do in you. Why? We have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as he rebuked the wind and the waves, we need to resist that as well. Number four is the word watch. In a storm, you need to watch. And here's what you need to watch. You need to watch your attitude. You need to watch your heart, but also you need to watch your tongue. And what do I mean? Be careful what you say in the midst of a storm. For example, the disciples in this context, they thought, Lord, teacher, why don't you get up? Don't you care that we're about ready to die? Well, absolutely, Jesus cared about them. He, he wasn't going to allow them to perish. They were going to the other side, but they didn't understand that. Don't you care? And there are times we'll find ourselves in a storm and we'll say, Lord, why don't you speak to me? Why don't you give me direction? Why don't you calm this storm in my life? Don't you care about me? You're interested in all these other people, but don't you care about me? Yes, he's concerned about your life. Yes, he cares about you. Just watch what you say. Watch your attitude. Watch your heart. Watch your tongue. Number five is the word grow. How do you respond in the storm where you find yourself growing? And one of the ways that we see in life, God grows us. How does he do that? He grows us oftentimes by mountains, but also by valleys. So God can put us on a mountaintop and grow us, but also he can put us in a deep valley and he can grow us there as well. He can allow you to go through a storm and he can grow you in the midst of that. He also grows us in fellowship with other people. The disciples were together out there on the Sea of Galilee. They were with one another. And he grows us by experiences in life, but also people in life. Many years ago, Angie and I were in Northern California and we had the opportunity to seeing the sequoia trees beautiful sight from the creation of God those trees can reach about 250 feet in height and you look at those trees and you think well how do these tall trees stand storms and high winds and you would think they have deep roots beneath the earth's surface and truth of the matter is as you study the sequoia trees their root system only goes about four feet deep 
And you think, well, when the winds are high and the winds are strong, how do those storms survive? And when you look at the sequoia trees, they never grow alone. They always grow in rows or groups. And then when you look and you see all the landscape and you see underneath the earth's surface, their root system interlocks with one another. And so when storms come, they're supporting each other. They're holding one another up. Please understand, when the storms of life are raging in your life, God doesn't want you to be alone. He wants you to connect, be connected to God's people. That's why the local church matters. Not just at this season of life, but in all seasons of life. He wants you to grow in the midst of storms. Word number six is the word expect. As you and I find ourselves going through storms, we need to expect certain things. For example, you can expect this. You can expect God to be faithful. No matter how violent the storm is, God's going to be faithful. I promise you this because it's based on God's word. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's faithful to you. You can expect God to use you. When you're going through a storm, you can expect God has saved you and left you here. He's going to use you in the midst of that storm. And then thirdly, you can just believe this. Other people are going to be watching how you relate to that storm. This text says other boats were with him. So they were watching how the disciples related to Jesus and this storm. Other people are watching you when you are in a storm. Physical storm, spiritual storm, relational storm. Other eyes are watching you. How's he or she or they going to respond? Just a few weeks ago, early December, there was a police officer outside of Dallas-Fort Worth responded to a call. And he goes in response to this call. He finds himself at the scene. There is a disturbance at the place. As the police officer is doing what he has called him and trained to do, there was a gentleman there, a man there at the scene involved in the disturbance, takes a weapon and shoots the police officer and kills him. The police officer never fired a round, but that guy shot him. And then the the, the person who did that, the person who shot the police officer, turned the gun on himself and shot himself. Took him to the hospital. He survived. And he was released from the hospital. Well, after the police officer lost his life, just a few days later, they had a service in Texas. And at the officer's service, again, as you can imagine, Uh, lots and lots of people who attended the service. The police officer's daughter came to the podium and she was going to speak about the tragic death of her dad. That young girl, that family is in a violent storm. There was no question to her God was faithful to her. There's no question that God was going to use her. And there was no question that Thousands and thousands of eyes were on her life as she was getting ready to share. What was she going to say about her dad, but also the person who took her dad's life? I want you to watch this video that was just from two two or three weeks ago. This young daughter speaking about her father and the person who took his life. Watch this video. I remember having conversations with my dad about him losing friends and officers in the line of duty. I have heard all the stories you can think of, but I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Not that I didn't think there should be justice served, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus. Their actions being a reflection of that. I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me, 
But as it's happened to my own father, I think I still feel the same. There has been anger, sadness, grief, and confusion. And part of me wishes I could despise the man who did this to my father. But I can't get any, of, any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. I thought this might change if the man continued to live. But when I heard the news that he was in stable condition, part of me was relieved. My prayer is that someday down the road, I'd get to spend some time with the man who shot my father. Not to scream at him, not to yell at him, not to scold him, simply to tell him about Jesus. Violent storm. I don't want to scream at him. I don't want to yell at him. I don't want to scold him. I want to tell him about Jesus. Powerful testimony. You just expect God to be with you. You expect God to use you and you expect other people to watch. And for that young daughter, God was with her. He used her. People are watching and moved by her story. Then word number seven is the word understand. As you and I go through storms, here's what we need to understand. They bring tears and pain in life. And here's oftentimes what happens. God calms the storm. Maybe a time in your life, physically, God heals you of whatever disease you've been dealing with. Financially, a check comes in the mail. You know that God sent that. He provided for you. Relationship been fractured, but all of a sudden the grace of God flows and that relationship is reconciled. Vocationally, you hate your job and then God opens a new door, gives you a new career that you find joy and fulfillment in. Mentally, God just sets you free from anxiety and depression and all those issues in life. And then spiritually, as only God could do, there's a breakthrough in your life. He renews you and revives you, and he refreshes your walk with him like only God could do. He calms the storm in your life. You understand that? But then also people will say, well, what happens if I come to the end of my life and I breathe my last physical breath and the storm never ended? That's where we think about heaven. Because heaven says the storms of life are only temporary. Because in Revelation 21, what do we see in God's word? The Bible says he, talking about God, will wipe every tear away from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And then it says in heaven, his servants will worship him and they will see his face. Understand the storms of life are temporary. They're not going to last forever. And the good news today is this. We think about a baby being born in a manger, Bethlehem. He lived a perfect sinless life. He died on a cross and gave his life for us. The tomb is empty. He's alive, victorious over death in the grave. As we think about seeing at the manger scene a baby in a stable... One day for us as believers, we're going to be able to, in heaven, see him face to face. Hallelujah for that. The storms of life do not last forever. 
I want us to bow our heads together for a moment, and I want to ask you a very personal question today. And here's the question. If you're currently in a storm in your life, in your life, your marriage, your family, if you're currently in a storm, would you just raise your hand? No one looking around because I want to pray for you and ask God to either calm the storm or to calm you. Hands literally are raised throughout this facility. That God would calm you or he would calm the storm because he is the Prince of Peace. Tonight, we're going to give an invitation for you to make a decision in the room and those who are watching. If you're watching, you see a website. You can respond to us. You can let us know the storm you're in and how we can pray for you as well. And that you would experience the Prince of Peace. He spoke, peace be still, and let him speak that into your life as well. And you can respond to us by any of the platforms you watch on, but in the room... Our pastoral staff is going to be here. Our prayer teams are going to be here. Tonight, if you need to give your life to Christ, you need to follow him in baptism, you need to join the fellowship of our church. You know that God wants to take your spiritual life and walk to another level. Or you just find yourself in a violent storm today and you need somebody to pray for you. We're going to encourage you to step out and come. Because we love to minister, to be the hands and feet of Christ, and to minister to you in your need today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those courageous who raised their hands. Currently in the midst of a storm, I pray you will speak peace into their storm. You will calm the storm, or you will calm them in the storm. And Father, we pray, whether they're in the room or watching, that decisions for you will be made Because people's times, we just miss peace in life. We come to you who's the missing peace. And Lord Jesus, we turn our attention, our hearts to you. And even as this invitation, whether it's public or private for someone, I pray this is the day they find freedom in Christ because he ministers and changes their lives. So thank you, Heavenly Father. We come to the Lord Jesus who gave his life for us and thank you that we obey you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray this today in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. Our pastoral team, our prayer team will be here. We encourage you to obey the leadership of Christ as we sing this hymn of invitation. You come today.